Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button. All right, thank you for the very warm welcome. Um, Before we start, let's pray and ask God to do a great work today. Lord God, we bring this morning to you, we know that you are a God who speaks, and Lord, we want to be people who hear what you say. So this morning, Lord, I ask that you would use me to speak to your people and that... um, that the Holy Spirit will be ministering to us and helping us hear what you want to say this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's nice to be here. Um, I want you to stop for a second, and I want you to think back to what you were like at school. Obviously, for some people, they're still at school, and others, it was a long time ago. What were you like at school? Who can quickly call out something of what they were like? Were you the... One who worked really hard. Anyone? Anyone? Got involved in everything. So friends, yeah. Anyone the uh, class clown? Anyone? No? Teacher's pet. Interesting. Who was loud at school? Yeah, Aiden. I believe that. That's my son. Um, well, for me, I was the quiet person at school. And by nature, I'm pretty quiet. But this wasn't just quietness that I had, this was shyness. And I believe shyness is a result of fear. And so um, I was afraid of speaking to people. I was afraid of uh, making mistakes when I spoke to people. I was afraid of people, the teachers in particular, getting me in trouble or people laughing at me. And so I spent most of my 13 years of schooling talking to my tiny group of friends. I never asked for help in class. Um, because, you know, that was too scary. And I spent every day feeling anxious about going to school in case today was the day that something happened where I had to talk or people laughed or I got in trouble for something that I said. So I am now a primary school teacher, which is a bit of a change, really. Um, And when I look around at kids that I teach, I see quiet students And when I first started teaching, I started looking in particular for the kids who were quiet like me, and I had trouble finding them. They were quiet kids, but they'd ask for help. They'd still answer questions. And I thought, I feel like I was quieter than that. And it wasn't until I met a boy on one of my casual days who was a selective mute that I went, that's what I felt like. That's how quiet I was. Now, if you don't know what a selective mute is, it's someone who has so much social anxiety that when they get into a particular situation, they kind of shut down and won't speak unless they're comfortable. Now, I was never officially told that's what I was like, but I'm pretty sure that was it because, as I said, I wouldn't speak to people unless I really had to. Now, at LifeGate, we have been working on a series called Roadblocks to Freedom. And for me, being shy and fearful was definitely a roadblock in my life. And by roadblock, I mean something that stops us living how God wants us to, something that stops us living with the freedom that God has for us, and something that then stops us living out our purpose. So fear for me was definitely something that stopped that. 
Now today, perhaps you can relate to my story. Perhaps you say, yeah, I've had, I've had issues with fear as well. But you may not have had difficulty around fear. And it may not have been fear of speaking to people. It could be a fear of anything that stops you from having a go and, and doing new things. But it could be something completely different. So this morning, the question is, what controls you? So we're going to have a look at four different areas that I've been thinking about that I think we have different areas that can control us in life. And the first one is around our emotions. And so I've got uh, four things that would come under our emotions, and that is fear, anxiety, insecurity, and anger, things that take over that we lose control of. Or it could be around attitudes, around laziness, selfishness, pride or unforgiveness, not forgiving people who've hurt us or hurt people that we care about. That can act as a roadblock and something that controls us too. Or it could be negative desires, which could be greed, um, always wanting more things, or lust. could be pornography, and that's not just for men. That can be for women as well, um, but usually around books and things, romantic novels. Um, or it could be, oh, sorry, one more, um, sex outside of what God says is okay and good and right. And the last area is around our habits or our actions that can control us. It could be around food. It could be around um, overeating, emotional eating. It could be around dieting. That could be an issue. Um, it could also be an addiction to sugar or um, caffeine or chocolate. If you're in my family, we have a lot of chocoholics in the family. We can go through a block of chocolate in not very long at all. Um, probably shouldn't be proud of that. Sorry, back on track. Um, it could be smoking, drinking, or an addiction to drugs or um, either prescription or illicit drugs. According to Health Direct, one in 20 people in Australia have a substance um, abuse problem um, or addiction, and the most common ones are tobacco and alcohol. And so if it's one in 20, that means that we will have people in the church and coming into the church who will struggle with these things. And it could be an excessive amount of exercise could control us, that need to constantly do more exercise or to work a lot. Or, it's not up there, but throw in obsessive compulsive tendencies around washing hands or checking that the door is locked, that need to do something over and over again. My family has a bit of a weird thing around, not me personally, around pegs and clothes on the washing line and clothes have to be a certain way up and pegs have to match the clothes and you shouldn't put pink pegs with red clothes and strange things like that. I'm not controlled by that, but some people apparently are. So sometimes the things that control us look good. They start off from a really healthy place. So wanting to get fit, wanting to be healthy can turn into something that controls us and becomes all about our body image and what we look like and what I have to do to be okay. The fact is... We all have these sorts of struggles. If we're honest, we all struggle with something that controls us. So how do we recognise what controls us? Well, I think it comes down to some of the words that we use. It can be a thing that stands out. It can also be that area where we feel like we've failed over and over again or we're trapped 
by those things or even something that we lean on when we're having a bad day. And it can sound like this. I need, I have to, I can't because, or that's just how I am. So for me, as a kid growing up, I would have said things like this. I need to protect myself from looking stupid so I won't talk. I have to make sure someone is there that I already know. I can't join a soccer team. I can't do dancing lessons because I don't know anybody there. Or I'm just a shy and quiet person. That's who I am. I've always been like it. I'll always be like it. Do any of those things make you go, ooh, maybe I do have an area that stands out? And I want you to think for a second now of, do you have something that stands out? And I'm not going to ask you to turn to the person next to you and tell them because this can be a very personal and private thing to talk about and it's not good to share with just anybody. But I want you to stop for a second and think, what is it that controls me? What is it that is trapping me or directing my life and the direction I should go? Now, if these things that hopefully you've started to think of already are not brought under control, you may have already noticed that those sorts of things direct our decision-making and they ultimately direct the direction, direct the direction of our life and where we end up. Now, in the Bible, we have lots of people who we get to read their story. We get to hear a little bit about what they were like and what they did and we get to see people who were controlled by that negative desire or emotion or one of those habits or things like that. And today we're going to have a look at one of those people. And that is Israel's first king, King Saul. So King Saul, we read about him in 1 Samuel. And I've been doing a bit of a devotion study on that at the moment. And um, he starts off okay. He's the first king. He's tall. People like him. They follow him. But he quickly becomes controlled by his need to please other people and to get the applause of other people and his insecurities take over when he doesn't get that. And so he takes a quick downward spiral into being controlled by these things and as a result um, he hates David who will become King David and he hates him to the point that he tries to kill him and he hates him because David was given what sounded like more praise than Saul was given. And so that was enough to set him off. And so he hunts him down and he's just obsessed with finding David, even though David's really done nothing wrong to him at all. And he also, because he wants people's approval, when God says, you need to do this in a couple of times in um, 1 Samuel, Saul does part of it, but then he keeps people happy And does the opposite. And as a result of his disobedience, God says he will take his Holy Spirit from him and no longer will the kingdom run in Saul's family line like it was supposed to. So there are consequences when we let things control us. And in in fact, each time when we read the Bible and we see someone who had something that controlled them, we see that it resulted in them making poor decisions. And that these poor decisions impacted not only themselves, but often their family members and the people around them. And if they were a leader, it impacted the people that they led. 
So what is the way forward? Well, years ago, I heard a verse in the Bible that sort of stuck with me ever since, and I find it's really helpful and something I go back to over and over again, particularly when I feel um, fear try to rise up again, or one of those things that control me as well. And the verse is this. It's from 1 Corinthians uh, 6, verse 12. And it says, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So I want to start by looking at this first bit. Everything is permissible for me. And what I found was, as I was reading about this particular verse, that these words were a slogan that the Corinthian people were using at the time. And by people, I mean all of Corinth were using this as a, as a slogan for life. And some of the Christians had taken it on as well, and they were saying, everything's permissible for me, I can do whatever I want. And so um, Paul is writing a letter to the Corinthians to say, hang on a second, that's not how you're supposed to live as a Christian. And he gives his two reasons why. And if we have a look, there was a need for him to write this letter because if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we see Paul describe the um, Christians there as children in the faith and also people living, um, people who were living like people of this world. They were not living how they were supposed to be living as Christians. They were no different to the people around them. And I feel like we have a little bit of a slogan similar to this today. We have the, you know, if it feels good, do it. Or if it fits your truth, it's okay to do. So we have similar sorts of things today that we follow. But we learn that, um, we learn that not everything is beneficial for us. So what does that mean? If we have a look at another place where these words were used, um, that they can be translated as everything is lawful for me. If we have a look in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, Paul uses these words again. And so we see why it is that not everything is beneficial. What does that mean? And he says, we are allowed to do anything, so they say, but that is true, but not everything is good. We are allowed to do anything, but not everything is helpful. So here we find in this particular passage is talking to people who were eating food that was sacrificed to idols and how that wasn't helpful for weaker or younger Christians. That was something that was making them stumble and fall. And so Paul's saying, yes, you can do that, but it's not helpful for other people. And if you have a look at verse 24, he goes on to say, none of you should be looking out for your own interests, but for the interests of others. So our job is to make sure we put other, the needs of other people first. So if there's something that we're doing and it doesn't actually benefit someone else, it doesn't build someone else up, then that's something that we need to say, I need to think about changing that because that's not what God wants me to do. The next part and the next thing that we look at and where I'm going to spend a little bit more time is around, I will not be mastered by anything. So the second half of that 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse said, everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. And the reason as Christians we can't have this as part of our, our story in our life of this, everything is permissible for me, is because when we become a Christian, we have Jesus as our saviour. He's the one who saves us. He's the one who gives us a relationship with God. It's not by what we do. It's all through Jesus. But he's also 
our Lord. And he's, that's what he's supposed to be. And if I was talking to kids, I'd say another great way to say that is he's your boss. So he's the one who directs your life. So our attitudes, our emotions and things like that shouldn't be the ones that control us. It should be Jesus instead helping us. So why is it not okay to be controlled by something else? Why is it not okay? Well, the reason is because often those things in and of themselves are not helpful for us. So it could be if we have holding a grudge or unforgiveness, that will automatically keep us bound up to whatever it was that's hurt us and cause us pain. But sometimes those things that we do that don't look necessarily so bad have an underlying issue that God is supposed to address and we're not supposed to try and fill the gap with other things. So if someone could be a workaholic, and often, um, from what I've read, workaholics are people who might have a lack of self-worth or they need to get the praise of other people, so they work really hard to earn that. Or perhaps they're people who need to earn security. They want security. All things that we're meant to find in God, our value and security are meant to come from him. So if we're controlled by those things, we're not letting God do what he's supposed to do. Or if someone has an addiction of some kind, often they're the result of trying to cover up or deal with a painful past instead of letting God deal with them and bring his healing. It's a cover-up for that. Not only that, but often they relate, result in health issues as well and issues around relationships. And even things like... It's going to touch on a few nerves maybe. I don't even think a caffeine dependence is okay. And the reason I would say that is because the Bible is very clear that God is meant to be the one who gives us strength. He's the one who's meant to refresh us. And I think it also then says an underlying issue of, are we living life how God said? Do we have a balanced life? Are we taking a Sabbath rest? Are we doing it the right way? And I think we'd probably find that we wouldn't be if we have that, that challenge. So choosing to follow Jesus says, Jesus, I'm acknowledging that you know what's best for me and I want to live with you in charge. And we see in Romans 8, five to six, what happens when we don't do that? It says those who live as their human nature tells them to have their minds controlled by what the human nature wants. Those who live as the spirit tells them to have their minds controlled by what the spirit wants. To be controlled by human nature results in death. That's very black and white, very, very direct. It results in death. To live however we want, we saw that from Saul's life, being controlled by things results in death. But to be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want life and peace in my life. So the difference between having Jesus as our Lord or having things as our master and controller is that Jesus says he came to give us life to the full, but... Satan likes to use those other things to steal, kill, and destroy. To destroy relationships, destroy dreams, to do a work in our life that we really don't want to happen. So how would you feel if your life, what would your life look like if things didn't control you anymore? If that thing, perhaps, that you were able to pick what would it look like for it not to be the master over you? How would you feel? I think that's a hard question sometimes because it's so ingrained in who we are. 
I can tell you that for me, um, my change to be living different started when I was a child, even though I still had that fear. But as a simple prayer of God, I don't want to live shy anymore. I don't want to live like this as a young child. And then um, as a result of going to God and saying, God, I need your help with this, I have seen that he has brought a greater amount of freedom to my life. He has brought peace where there used to be anxiety. He has brought joy because I can see how much my life has changed. And he's increased my faith because every time I've stepped out and every time he's been there to help me, my faith has grown stronger. Has anyone else found that as they step out and trust God that their faith is stronger? Yes? Awesome. So my life... I believe, looks radically different to what it would have looked like if I'd stayed controlled by fear. I would not have been here today speaking to you, that's for sure. And I believe that if God can bring freedom to my life, he can bring it to yours as well. And if he can do that in one area of my life, he can do that in other areas of my life and he can do it in yours. Now, sometimes... I'm not, I'm not completely there yet. I still have moments where it is difficult. It's t- times when fear tries to raise up and those old sorts of thoughts come back again. So when I go to weddings where I don't know many people and for those who know Nathan, he's very social and he will go around the room and talk to everybody and I'll be there going, oh my goodness, this is awful. Um, and even... Morning tea out on the deck after church can still be one of those moments where I go, I have to talk to people I don't know. But my decision is I will not be mastered by anything. God, help me. And that's something that we can all do. Sometimes it will be a matter of stepping out in faith. And I know last week Nathan preached on having greater faith and trust in God. And sometimes Breaking free of the things that have held us back, of those roadblocks, is a deliberate stepping out in faith into what God says he wants for us. So how do we, um, or before I say that, sometimes there can be a spiritual side of why we are trapped. One night as I was preparing this message, I woke up in the night and went, Oh my goodness, I had so much fear and anxiety. I can't even remember the last time I felt like it. It was awful and I couldn't sleep and I prayed and I spoke Jesus' name over the situation and it would not go away. I'm going, what is going on here? I don't understand what's going on. And so I prayed and said, God, why is this not fixing? And then I realized the day before I had been looking for something on the internet, nothing dodgy, been looking for the age of an actor um, or an actress, one of them. On the internet. And so I went to this website. It was supposed to have the information, but it also had a whole heap of information around um, tarot card readings, psychics, horoscopes, those sorts of things. And I stayed on the website because I didn't want those things. I was ignoring them and filtering through, trying to read to find my answer to my question. And then I went, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't stay on. So then I went off. And as I laid in bed at night, that's what came to me. And so I said, God, I'm sorry for staying on that website longer than I should have. Please forgive me and Lord, I ask that you would bind the work of the enemy and, and um, any control that he has. And then I had peace. And then I fell asleep. So sometimes we have just our human nature that takes over and lets us be under control. And other times there can be a spiritual reason. And if you're not sure what the reason is for you, 
to have something controlling you, I encourage you to speak to a trusted friend, um, a Christian friend or a leader uh, as well and get them to help you work through it. So some of the things that I have done that have helped me, obviously God is my main thing that I would have to say. He's the one who's been there and helped me the whole way through. He's the one who's picked me up when I've fallen down and gone, oh, that was awful. I'm so stupid. I can't believe I said that. He's the one who's helped me say, it's okay to, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not get it right. It's okay to get up and try again. And without his kindness, again, I don't think I would be where I am today. But there are some other things that he provides that we can also do. And that is to seek professional help. Sometimes we have things that are so ingrained, it's hard for us to work through on our own. And God has equipped people for that job of counsellors and psychologists who can help us process our thinking better. And that's something that I recommend doing if you've got something that you just are struggling to break free from. And I recommend going to a Christian psychologist or counsellor because they understand what we believe and can speak God's truth into the situation. Accountability. Have someone who keeps you accountable. A Christian friend who you say, look, I'm struggling in this area. Can you help me? Or it could be um, that you get prayer. You pray on your own, obviously. Pray with someone else. And we have prayer ministry. We have Steps to Freedom in Christ that we run here at LifeGate. We also have a prayer ministry team. And if you speak to people who have been part of it and had prayer ministry, it's not a scary thing. It's something that God really uses in a very powerful way. So that's something that you can say, hey, look, I think I need prayer ministry. And it's something that I've done and I've seen God bring freedom through that. We also can read the Bible. It's important to know what God says to us when we read the Bible. For example, for me, it was really important to know that God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Because it's hard to step out when you go, I'm going to be stepping by myself. Well, no, I wasn't. God was there helping me. And as I said, stepping out in faith and trusting that God is going to do the things he says he will do. So this morning, what is that thing that currently masters you? What is it that you could say, I will not be mastered by when you hand it over to God? What is it that you can look, you'd love to look back at and say, I used to be like that, but now I'm like this. Imagine if we all did that. Imagine if the church as a whole decided we're not going to be mastered by anything. We will not do things that are not beneficial to others. If they're not beneficial to someone else, if they're not helping someone else, then I'll stop them. What would it look like? I think we would be a stronger group of people. We would be a people with more joy because we'd have greater freedom from those things that hold us back. I believe we'd have greater faith as well, because we would not just see what God's doing in our life, but we'd also hear stories of, I was controlled by this thing, or I didn't have freedom in this area, but God did this, and our faith would be built up. And I think when we worship God, which we're about to do, when we worship God, we would be praising him more fully, more freely because we would just know he's the one who brings freedom. He is the one that brings change. So I'm going to invite the the worship team this morning and we're going to sing 
um, I will build my life. And as you sing this this morning, I want you to, to sing it as a prayer to God. I'm going to pr- build my life on what you say, God. And I've got these things that currently control me, but I'm handing them over to you this morning. And after we sing and after we worship, there'll be time for people, if you want prayer around these things. It says in James that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we believe that here at LifeGate, that prayer changes things because God is hears us, He hears us and He is loving and He does a great work in our life. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.